Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Sea Witch. Whoa, uh, Celeste, nope. aka DM Sea Witch. Oh boy, it's been a long couple of weeks, kids. <laughs> Perfect. And today, this one is going to be entitled Take a Look. It's a book, which is obviously a play on the Reading Rainbow theme song, which <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. LeVar Burton is like my entire childhood because I watched Reading Rainbow in the morning and then I watched TMG at night next, with my dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then it was just like LeVar Burton all day, every day. It's perfect. He's an extremely good person to like raise you in your childhood on the TV. Bought, so, and then yeah. he bought out all of Reading Rainbow and continues to push it forward Heck and gets yeah. a lot of books and decides to Hero. Schools. Yeah. So look up LeVar Burton. Just a, a wonderful person. And Big also, dang hero. And look up his podcast. Let's just talk his podcast because he reads books that are now basically in the public the kids domain. That grew up on. Oh, yeah. No, no, he gets actual science fiction stuff Ooh. from authors, and then he'll when he does live shows, he'll then go interview them as well. So oh Lavar Burton reads everyone. That's uh, that's there you advice. go. Our recommendation at the front. Yeah, right up front. <laughs> um, but what are we doing today for the exercise? Yeah, so today we're talking about neat fantasy tomes, uh, which is very cool. One of my favorite topics. I'm actually writing a lot of this for Deep Magic 2 right now, so this is fun. Yes. Um, but basically, so the exercise that we posted was we've grabbed some epic-looking tomes, so some very cool photos of just spell books, tomes, whatever they are that have lots of cool stuff going on. And we're asking folks to discuss what they are and how to add them to your game. So of course we have our question set. What is the title? What does it do? Where is it found? How is it made? And of course you do you. Absolutely. And one of the things about that, again, I think we should probably be better about, and this is just me realizing it in this moment, is why we would do these exercises. I guess yeah. we should probably oh, sometimes yeah. talk about that. But, you know, so one of the things I think is having a player at my table. So I have I have two that could have a spell book. And so making that more than just this arbitrary thing that is mm-hmm. is just written down Part somewhere. of the rules. Yeah, you, know, it you have to have it to cast your magic. Yeah. yeah, that immediately spun my brain out to say, is there a lineage? Because that's kind of what we're going to look at with the exercise. Or is there a finite number of spell books? And so only a certain number of people could be mm. um, you know, wizards or things like that. And these books are really sought after prizes and one of your players happens to have one or one of the the evil people in the campaign happen to have one and should the player even take it because it is evil yeah i mean there's so there's so much i feel like in fantasy pop culture of like ooh, this cool spell book and like villains are trying to get it or heroes must get it and once they do their powers become unlocked like i mean think of like charmed you know their their book of spells hocus that, pocus like, that's a huge deal yeah hocus pocus the book right and uh, then evil dead as written, doesn't really like play around with that or really access it. So I always think it's super cool when you can introduce a cool book to the game that can also be used as a spell book and has all the punching power of like a relic or a legendary magic item. Perfect. So do you want to highlight one from the forums? No, I absolutely (gasps) do not, Celeste. And I will not because oh Oh, my that's just an aggressive version of uh there's actually some on the discord Uh, i've been trying to play around with with the concept of that of like how does that work i post it people post behind it making maybe making sub threads inside the discord um but yeah if you haven't joined the discord there's a lot of fun discussions over there um our daily dmnastics get auto posted as well as dmnastics exercises 
So there you go. So today's is brought to us by DM Joe, and this one is called The Wilds of Nature and Fae Intertwined. Ooh. That sounds super fun. Also, this is in reference to a tome that um, actually has leaves coming out of it, almost as bookmarks, leaves around it, vines intertwining on it, because we also had images that people could play off of as well. Um, But basically, the time has passed between Druids, Rangers, and all Fae over the centuries and generations, and basically, this is the document that's keeping all of that lore. Um, And the other thing about making a book like this is you can add mechanical benefits so that the person will most likely actually care and actually use it Um, even if they're small i would say please add something or else i think a lot of the effort you'll put into making these books won't go as far but yeah the uh plus one constitution checks and saves advantage on all checks involving one of the fey advantage on all saving throw if the source is a fey um so basically using that knowledge um and then making you more aware of fey and all that they do which is um never a bad Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because the one I was going to highlight from the forums actually uses the same uh, image to inspire it, but has a very different vibe. Okay. So this is super cool. So this post here is from Letter Lost, our hero. Thank you. Um, who also of note uh, lists his favorite D&D race as Cobalt. So you get extra points, Letter Lost, uh, from one Cobalt to another. Uh, so yeah, so they Letter Lost went ahead and picked that same image. And he said, uh, what is the title? So A Worthy Wonder, comma, in Plum, which I think is just a delightful title uh, in in general. And what does this do? So this book actually consumes plant life. So the gem like feeds off of trees and plants and living things, uh, causing them to fade and die. But the book, what it does is it takes that life inside of it and Basically, when you open it up, you see it's this like beautiful storybook of illustrations of like dense jungles and like forests and stuff. So everything it consumes gets like reflected in these pages, you know, and there's the various chapters for like different environment types, which I thought was so cool. Uh, And so there is the thing if you fall asleep reading, your body and mind can inhabit the book's forest while you're asleep, which there's no like mechanical benefits listed in here, but I imagine like. What a cool way to have to like prepare your spells, right? Or something like walking through this woodlands or maybe that's like the source of where you can summon, you know, summon nature spirits or whatever from the book. I also love the backstory that was created for this. So uh, the book is currently in a desert inside an ancient castle uh, accompanied by an ancient and (laughs) resentful Lamia Uh and her mummified friends. So I love the idea (laughs) that... All these creatures are just sitting in a desert, like, hating the fact that there are trees and greenery everywhere else and, like, keeping this book. There's also just, like, this, sorry, this delightful rhyming line. Uh, In an ancient land that was not yet a desert, Lamia, the Lamia, was in love and wished to win the heart of Pinks the Sphinx, who she keeps chained in the palace. So just delightful all around. Um, Wonderful trip. Uh, it also just feels like, how did it get there? And like, what a jerk move. Because I, what you know, a, yeah. the idea that the Lamia, Lamia and those other creatures are then tied to that area. Uh, and then you left that weird. book there. And then all their stuff died, including some of them. That, and now they're all mummified. Yeah, and terrible. It's wonderful. So it's that's a fun example of how you can take the same inspiration and do to- two like wildly different things with it. Uh, so I thought that was neat. So well done on the part of both of them. But that always means that it's time for you and I to lift the mental weights. 
right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Whew. All right. We got some really cool images here. Yeah. Do you have one you want to do? I was tr- thinking the one on the bottom, mainly because I'm very confused by the scale. Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, paint us a word picture with for the people with ears. Uh, so <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that this book was summoned forth in the middle of this forest because basically there is like the cover itself looks like active lava and mm-hmm. and there's just fire swirling around everywhere but then the backdrop behind it are trees the problem is like there's no reference scale so this thing could be like a foot or yeah. like 30 feet. it looks as big as those, those I, trees yeah like, I, so for sure i can't tell and that and that could even mean you know a lot of magic items and sizing themselves to the creature that summoned it could it have been that it was ripped forth from the demonic hands of something that is that size or like a fire giant maybe it was a fire giant's book oh my gosh that's what happened obviously so we're going to start answering the questions right now so where did it come from i like the idea that it was in the hands of someone else because there's always there's always these touched on conversations about what summoning is. Does summoning create something that didn't exist? Did summoning steal something from a place that it was? You know, when you summon that creature, was it just hanging out in its house and now it's there doing whatever your bidding may be? But I like the idea that you've summoned forth this book, but that means someone wants it back. Yeah. And then obviously they're going to show up and have a conversation about that. Um, So I think, yeah, absolutely it's been stolen. And then my thought is also for an evocation wizard, um, if mm-hmm. it were my player, that, you know, I've given them this quest. They know that they can get this this powerful artifact, but then, you know, being the, D, the DM, GM that you want to be, there's a consequence for that. Like, it, even it out. I almost, I almost think because, like, in this image, the book is set up on a pedestal in the middle of this, like, lovely forest. It almost makes me feel like whoever had the book maybe sent it away on purpose like maybe this was a fire giant community that was getting like in the midst of a battle they were getting slaughtered by whatever enemies and to like save the hopes of their people they sent this book away to be found uh by someone who could like help them and then totally like if a player picks this up then whatever those foes were that slew those giants are absolutely going to be coming after them to try and find this book how was it made I mean, obviously, it was made in the heart of a volcano. It was. It also has this cool, like, gold band inlay on it with all these neat symbols. So I feel like, yeah, definitely this book was forged in some kind of, like, divine flames yeah. of some kind. Oh, I imagine it being the size in um, the, the fire Done dwarves. It. Words. The Azur. Yes. They're yes. working on it and, like, chiseling it out and yeah. uh, adding the lava to it and... and writing the pages in pure fire is it you know like using something that could handle that like that's also how then if you were to add a spell to it you would also need to basically write in fire to be able to add maybe this is like uh maybe this is something geared more towards like artificers or something like if if these are the secrets of crafting like divine flame crafting or something like in it uh that would be cool. So go, taking it even one step beyond just evocation. Yeah. But one of the benefits of conversations that you and I have, uh, dear listener, is that I always think about my table and Celeste always thinks about like, okay, wider audience. Which yeah, is really good because, it is. I'm trained to do. No, and, and it's, yeah. it's perfect to have those conversations because it, it helps really illustrate like how you would do it for your own table and the rules that exist there and how you would both see and interact with something that's made by someone else to have that, ma- that more mass appeal. Because my thought is 
number one, like you told me artificer. Okay, I have an artificer. Let's say I have an artificer at my table. What is the one part of their class that they use all the time? That's what this book does. Yeah. I don't have to question. Yeah. I don't really have to question almost anything else about what I want to give my player because I already know what they want because they keep using whatever certain part of their class feature. I, I just make that mm-hmm. better. Yeah, I've already been fed the answer. Whereas, you know, balancing it overall and figuring out how it would fit for every artificer is a completely different conversation. Yeah, I mean, you could even spin this too. Like, if you wanted to have a sorcerer that had, like, like you mentioned earlier, a fiendish legacy, like this could easily be like this is how your patron communicates to you. Maybe you open up this book every once in a while, and there's like a command bent or something in there, something you have to do in exchange for the spells within, right? Like, or yeah, depending on the part of the campaign, the other thing I think about is supplanting a warlock's patron for another one. Yeah. Because you've now obtained this book. Now you're connected to this different patron and the other patron, they're out of here. Oh, yeah. This could totally be like, uh, I think there's like the genie patron one. This could totally oh, yeah. be, you know, a fire gens book and like getting this is the tricky way of, you know, getting involved with them instead. Yeah. And again, for like for a personal table doing that with a warlock, like I'd have no problems with the almost multi-subclassing, if that makes sense. Like, you know, the power that they've obtained from their patron, they cannot gain more because they no longer have that patron. But when they gain more power, it's from this new patron. What does Mm -hmm. that look like? Mm -hmm. Cool. So which one spoke to you? Which one is calling you to open it, to reveal its secrets? Ooh, I really like, I think this one is going to be harder, but the book that has like all the rings and stuff in it. So it's the, uh, the fourth one or two up from the bottom. So it's kind of got like a brown cover and then it has like these gilded, almost coppery edges. And there's lots of like almost clockwork style stuff in the book. And this very cool center ring that has the swirling pattern in it. And the sides too, it's all like, it's got like a wrought iron chain attached to it. And it's sitting on this very cool wrought iron like stand. So everything about this book too, maybe I'm just like in an artificer mood, but something about this book is like totally, you know, creation, like clockwork. Like maybe this is your guide to making construct, mechanical constructs or whatever it is. But yeah, it feels very magical to me. So long time listeners, this is the one that I thought she was going to pick. because, (laughs) Because one of your most like eye-opening suggestions for the light bulb section was to get a cookbook holder for a your, stand a yeah. cool stand so for your book i always as, noticed the stand yeah. yeah so as soon as i saw the stand i was like i bet she's probably gonna go for this one um the uh, other thing i think with this is um always the fear of like protecting the the book because right. if you lose the book you lose a lot um but the idea that this book would then i almost feel like if i were to open this book every page is metal like there's yeah. no paper pages. That, yeah. you know, it is heavy. Yeah, this bam, is too heavy bam, for yeah. a normal wizard to carry yeah. around. <laughs> Better have a bag of holding. Ooh, you know, I really like the idea because this is so heavy. And you're right. It totally looks like all pieces of this are mechanical. Maybe it's like a book of containing or like a book of binding. So maybe there are actually things held within this book. And that's like a hint from the chain and the heaviness of it. So oh, if yeah. you bound a creature like through the imprisonment spell or something maybe this actually contains those things yeah then i mean i got way into pokemon so that's where my head went a little bit too much gotta catch them all put them in a book (laughs) so i'll I'll roll that back just just a touch but then the idea of like making those types of spells more powerful or Mm -hmm. easier to cast or 
things like that. But then also then there's a limit that this thing can only hold so much before you have to release something to let something else in. And then thinking back to the conversation, is this where I can summon things from? Yeah, that'd be cool. If like everything in the book was what you could summon and you can't summon things outside of the book. So Uh this is like your summoners, you know, menagerie. Uh, which which these always take a fine touch because uh, there is always, again, another conversation that often comes up is, is Pokemon really bad because of what you're doing to the Pokemon? I feel very bad putting Pokemon in Pokeballs and just like, yeah. the, especially the ones I ignore in my box and they just sit there forever. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what's inside a Pokeball, but I hope it's really nice. Uh, yeah, I hope it's like heaven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Or the holodeck. They can have whatever they want. Um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, so figure it out where where those touch points are for your for your table. Um, but the idea of like coming across something, taking the extra time and effort to put it in the book so that when later I use a summoning spell, I have access to something that wouldn't normally be on that list because it's inside of this book. Of course, then it can also be like a fun GM trap for you. You can make it like a magic lamp situation, you know, where somebody's like, oh, wow, what is this? It's so cool. And they open it up and you release something. You're like, oh, <laughs> so that's a cool way to learn what the book does. <laughs> the version in my head was actually the darker timeline where I don't reveal that until later. That basically oh, yeah, there's like hid, d- hidden deeper pages to hide the yep. deeper, darker things. And eventually they unlock that secret in the worst way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like for every creature that gets released, it has to take something else and it will take oh. the nearest thing. Oops. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oops. <laughs> We've made a terrible mistake. Ah. <laughs> so there we are. We, ha- we have done it. Once again, we have lifted the mental weights. But if you like that and you wanted to leave us a rating and review, you can always go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all kinds of places. Podbean, you can... There's Thumbs so many. Google, listen. You can ask your Alexa to like it. Yeah, That's I do. All, an I option. do Overcast on my iPhone. Yeah, so. there's there's so very many, and more coming out every day. Oh, every day. <laughs> I believe in you. But yeah, so go do that if you like this. Yeah, yeah, and of course you can always reach out to us uh, via email at dmnastics at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, Neil at Joe Moniak, and me at C. Conowich. And for everything else on the network, you can visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And a huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. And you can find more about them at bombardedcast.com. And fun fact, Spurrier from Bombarded did the new intro, outro for DMB. Oh, yes. heck yeah. It's we love them. Stuff. They are great to work with. And mm-hmm. they're also accepting commissions. So there you go. <gasps> Let's head to this post-workout cool down and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. So, Celeste. Yes. I bought something. It was expensive. Oh. So we're going to preface this conversation right up front. Yeah. So I went to a company called Frontier Wargaming, and I bought their paint case 2.0. Whoa. I have to Google immediately. Tell me. Tell me all about this. So one of the things about my current painting um, setup is a very kind word to use is <laughs> is that it's just stuff in an old cardboard box and sometimes in other places and other places so like i don't 
I don't end up painting very well because I don't end up storing my things very well. So then the idea of painting just feels monumentous to like get all my stuff out, get it all together. So I bought this paint case um, where basically I can store minis, I can store brushes, I can store paints, I can store Ooh. everything. And it has a handle. That way, if I found a friend who wanted to paint with me, I could, oh, just, you could like, just bring it. Yeah, I could just go to their house. Wow. Or, or I could say and it actually has an LED light that I added. <gasps> I just found it on the Internet. This is so cool. Yeah. So then like I could set this up at my desk right now and paint on it basically because you can lay down a plastic cover for the lid and basically paint on it and then close it up and move on with my life it also has a wet palette so technically my paints would be in there yeah oh my gosh this thing also looks just beautiful it's got like gorgeous like wood and some of them come with like the leather wraparound case to make sure nothing moves (gasps) oh i can see it I'm going to blow your mind. Oh, this thing is huge. They do custom engravings. <gasps> so are you prepared? Yes. Whoa. Heck yeah. Quantum Ogre. That looks so good. Oh my God. That thing is so beautiful. Yeah. It's it's expensive. Now that said, it's totally worth it. Because one of the yeah. things you can do is every area is customizable for you. So if you wanted oh all paint. It could be all paint. If you wanted all storage, it could be all storage. If you wanted all minis because you're just trying to transport things from one place to another, you can do that. They have like posts they can stand on. They have mag- uh, magnetic versions. You can add the LED light. You can, you can, you can, you can. I love that it comes like the case opens down. So you could just paint right on that and not have to worry about like uh-huh. putting down stuff all over your like table, kitchen table. Whoa. That was for, probably for me the biggest selling point. Everything after yeah. that is goes from there. And yeah, I was really, I've just been really trying to figure out my personal layout that I think would be the best painting experience for me. Uh, and, and yeah, so then hopefully I can get some more minis done because the pile of shame, as it is, as it is called, um, is ever growing <laughs> yes. in my house. Yeah. So. And this is all that kind of stuff that it's so easy to lose your brushes and like all those tiny little paint pots and never know where anything is. If you're a hot mess like me, um, something like this would be really great. Just for wrangling. Yeah, all. and even thinking about like, okay, so I want to work on a, a certain set, uh, mm-hmm. a certain set of minis. So then I get everything I need for that certain set and put it in here. So then anytime, anytime I'm ready to add another hour or two to the process, then it's ready in there. I'm not digging through to find the right colors again. I'm right. not trying to find the right paper. Or find things. the mini you already painted to see uh-huh. if this color matches or whatever. And you can like keep it all in one, one thing. Yeah. So if you're looking for something to help you paint some more, I would say definitely go to the link in the show notes. Again, Frontier Wargaming, the Paint Case 2.0. Yeah, it looks like they have a bunch of other ones, too. They have some smaller uh-huh. ones and some other options. So, oh, man, I might have to get this for a certain someone who is great at painting in my life. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> who will paint my minis for me. Now, now uh, we're talking. <laughs> there we go. Let's see. Cool. Yeah, how about we just go halves on that and see how many minis we can get him to paint? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So great. He's got the 3D printer. Let's just get him going. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, so there we go. And But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join us on the forums, Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforms.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?